0: Hello and welcome to the Ask Dr. Ben podcast. I'm your host, Ben Johnson. As a holistic-minded physician, I've spent the last 20 years looking outside the box and conducting research to find the true causes of skin conditions and other diseases. And while the focus of my work has been on aesthetic medicine and unlocking the secrets to reversing skin damage, this podcast will also include many other exciting revelations pertaining to you and your family's health and well-being. So let's get started. Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of Ask Dr. Ben. My pleasure to be with you every week. Today, I thought we'd focus a little bit more on acne itself, really just trying to understand how the skin works, why acne makes a lot more sense than I think we realize, and of course, what are the main causes of acne. Today, the big discussion is maskne or acne under the mask. And I think that is a worthwhile conversation because it's so misunderstood. And it's fair to start this conversation by acknowledging that the world has not figured acne out yet. I would estimate that about 90% of dermatologists would agree that the cause of acne is a bacterial infection on the skin. And Probably somewhere between 80 and 90% would attribute the sebum output as a contributing factor, oil on the skin, and similar number, maybe 80 to 90% would contribute the obstruction of the follicle as an instigating factor. In other words, your oil is flowing, all of a sudden there's more oil or There is an obstruction that creates an accumulation of oil in the follicle, and this leads to an overgrowth of bacteria, in particular the P. acne's bacteria, and that therefore leads to this little cystic-looking lesion that I guess the body tries to trap. As I'm I'm describing, again, the old-school view of acne, the body tries to trap that bacterial infection within the follicle itself, not let it spread, quote unquote. And yeah, so uh, that's the summary of the impression, you know, the, the term often used is a folliculitis or an inflammatory activity in the follicle. But what's really important to understand is actually more recent research has shown that in fact, there is never any quasi obstruction. In other words, if there's debris or material found within the follicle to create what's called a sebum plug, if that is found in there, it is not a hundred percent occlusive or a hundred percent obstructive, in the flow. And so what I'm trying to explain to you, probably inartfully, is that there is no such thing as a true obstruction in the duct, which makes sense to me because that whole concept didn't work from a scientific perspective for me, especially when you just look at all the cases of acne that occur and how often acne occurs bilaterally, in other words, on both cheeks, and oftentimes in a similar pattern on both cheeks. And that just doesn't happen. Like infections don't just randomly show up identically on both sides of the face and then randomly disappear. And knowing now that the research doesn't support that a an obstruction of the follicle even exists, then the question comes down to, well, how much is oil playing a factor? Well, As many of you know, acne is happening in a lot of people who do not have excess oil production. They have no inkling of oil. In fact, many of these customers who are developing acne actually have dry skin. So we can get down to the brass tacks of it, but just know that there really isn't a strong link to oil. Now, there was a study done where they gave people testosterone and those people who got the testosterone did increase oil production on their face. But the trick of that study to understand was the increase in acne that presented as a result of taking testosterone was along the jawline and along the neck, back, and chest. There was no acne showing up in the sebaceous zones of the face. In other words, if I were to take testosterone as a supplement, my forehead would get more oily, but the acne would not occur on my forehead. So again, there was no link directly between sebum and quote-unquote bacterial infections or acne. It had more to do with the non-sebaceous areas of the face seeing some increase in acne. And it was intermittent. Of course, it wasn't across the board. And a lot of people who take testosterone have noticed that, that that's really not a generator of acne on the face. Again, almost always it's going to be what's called hormonal acne or acne along the jawline, or it's going to be body acne as it relates to the uh, estrogenic toxins that I sometimes refer to. The other study that I found interesting in my quest to figure out acne over the last several years was a study that identified that the real issue going on in the follicle Is not so much a bacterial infection. I mean, there are bacteria there, but it doesn't present as a bacterial infection in the physiologic response, but that's not the term I'm looking for. It is in the microscopic analysis of the tissue. Sorry, that's just blanking me for a second. Um, And so when they looked at the tissue, they found it was more of an inflammatory picture, not an infectious picture. Very important to understand. So once again, all of the research is supporting that. Now, Let's give you some confusing research. There is research out that shows that different types of acne in different people have... Changes in their bacteria. So they did a um, an assessment of the types of bacteria in the skin of a person, and then the assessment of the bacteria where their acne lesions are. And they found that they are different. So they had their mini aha moment of, oh, this is the this is the real bug we need to target, and we got to come up with antibiotic solutions for that. And you have to know the problem with medicine today is that the research that is done is almost always being funded by a company that is only doing the research so they can find a pharmaceutical drug to get FDA approval for. Then there's not enough research going on by the NIH or the CDC as it relates specifically to what's causing acne, why has there been an increase, what causes acne to show up in various locations on the face. Like those studies where there would be no inherent bias to have an accurate read, those studies just don't happen. There's no funding for it. it have to be approved by Congress. I don't think Congress thinks of acne as a serious problem. So it's just all the studies we rely on. Most of them, let's just say, are, are probably accurate. I'm sure some have manipulated data in them for whatever purpose, but assuming that they're accurate and knowing that these studies are funded by pharmaceutical companies, it does make the whole picture a little murky. And again, that's why I I listened to this example of a study done where they found a different strain of bacteria in different parts of the face. Um, Well, let me explain that to you. You have a thousand species of bacteria on your face, roughly, according to the latest analysis, DNA analysis of the skin. And within that collection of a thousand species, there are uh, many subspecies, epigenetic changes is what I would call it, where the bacteria modifies Based on the situation on the skin. So, I believe that if you constantly every day put benzoyl peroxide on your skin, you will start to alter the bacteria. They will modify to uh, survive benzoyl peroxide, and that will cause a shift in the epigenetics and the, what's called, sorry for the big words today, but the phenotypic presentation of the bacteria. So in other words, the bacteria are all these morphing. And so when they did this study, what they found was that depending on the type of toxins that are coming out of your skin and the type of debris, the bacteria might modify itself so that it can better assimilate what it needs to survive. And Acclimate to this new environment in the best way possible. One thing is for sure your skin keeps repopulating these bacteria. They're basically going to be the same bacteria on your face all the time, except for when you change your diet, at which time they might shift a little bit. If you use a topical antibiotic, What the research showed is the bacteria share the code for how to get around whatever mechanism that antibiotic is using and the bacteria modify themselves accordingly and they become essentially immune. That's what the study showed after 90 days of a topical antibiotic, the bacteria have all figured out how to get around it. The skin is constantly trying to figure out how to get around what you're putting on the surface. If it's interfering with their normal function, they're going to try to figure a way around it. This is, again, why I keep reemphasizing what an amazing, an amazing entity the body is it's just absolutely miraculous and so intelligent and which is why I always defer to it as this artificial intelligence and as you know my philosophy is there's this shared understanding between species between bacteria that science continues to prove out by the way you know in other words the next generation of mice that do the maze do the maze better and faster than the last generation And I believe in those studies, what that indicates is there's a shared knowledge that passes on and they sometimes make reference to it as this genetic code sharing, but that's not it. It's literally having to tap into what the code allows access to, which is this universal consciousness that everything runs on. And so that's why your body can do all the amazing things it does and respond so quickly to all the things that it gets exposed to. We are a much more developed species than we were a hundred years ago and even more so than we were a thousand years ago because our body has been exposed to more things and it has adapted and learned how to respond to this new environment. If we fed some of the chemicals we have to a thousand year old human, they might die pretty quickly because they would not have acclimated over time to this variation. And that's what I believe uh, most of evolution is, is epigenetic adaptation to the latest in environmental changes that we have going on. Okay, so going back to acne, maskne, bacne, and all the other different forms of acne, let's, let's go big picture. From a big picture perspective, the acne that we struggle with is just an indicator that we have toxins in our body. We have long known that the skin is capable of detoxing. In fact, it's constantly detoxing. There's debris and impurities coming out of your pores on a regular basis. Sometimes it's coming out in the sebum through the sebaceous gland mechanism, and other times it's coming out in the sweat that you generate and both mechanisms are effective. We've known the skin as a detox agent for a long time. And I've tried to explain that the skin also is a messenger for what's going on internally. And that's how the whole concept of skin mapping came to be for me as I started to recognize different patterns. So today we'll talk a little bit about these patterns in acne Why you should stop having too much grief over the mask being the source of your problems and focus in on what you're eating and what you're being exposed to and potentially and and seemingly the most common cause of acne is candida acne. So you hear me talk about candida all the time. Candida is a yeast strain that grows naturally in your gut. It's part of everyone's microbiome at a small to mid-level scale. I don't know its exact purpose. I don't know why we need some yeast in the mix. But I do know that the yeast becomes a more dominant player in your microbiome because your microbiome is constantly being exposed to antibacterials and it's constantly being exposed to yeast promoters. So the yeast promoters are mucus forming foods. That includes milk, other dairy products. That includes fried food. Usually it's food that's a bit toxic for you because mucus is sort of a wound response reaction kind of like the way your skin creates a scab you might think of mucus as an early formed soft scab and so it has to do with the cell die-off of the digestive tract and some repair let's just say <laughs> excretions that come along the way now where that can is perfectly fine mucus is a fine thing to have but what ends up happening is with repeated damage to the mucosa of the digestive tract and this isn't just in the digestive tract. Mucus does form in your sinuses, right? It does form in your lungs. It does form, I believe, in other tissues in the body and other organs in the body. But for the candida acne aspect of our story today, you want to think about what creates mucus because mucus is a place where candida can grow, And the reason why I had to separate out this understanding, because you might just think, well, why not keep it simple, doc? You know, you've got candida causing acne in the microbiome and you have candida causing acne in the mucus. It's the same strain of candida. What's the problem? Why not just... Say it's all candida and who cares about the mucus? Let's kill the candida. Well, the answer there is when you have candida on your microbiome, it's susceptible to frequency medicine. When candida is sitting above your body in a cloud of mucus, it's not accessible by the frequency elixirs because there's no circulation that's carrying the frequencies to that part of your system. It's outside of the bloodstream, so therefore it's outside of what you can potentially treat with frequency. And so for this reason, now that's not to say that maybe... I don't know, I guess an intracolon, a colonic uh, that included frequency water in theory could uh, do that job. But it is hard to get a colonic to clear out all the mucus of the digestive tract. It's all the way up in the small intestine. In a lot, for a lot of people, it's along in the esophagus. We're not obviously doing a colonic flush that reaches your, <laughs> your uh, esophagus. And so the trick here is that we want to remove the mucus that is in excess. So if you keep eating bad foods, the mucus continues to pile up and some people could have sort of putrefied slash petrified mucus for years. In fact, sometimes when we do mucus cleanses, and that's with our patent pending product Skin Clarifier, when we do those mucus cleanses, some people have some reactions, some strong reactions. Sometimes I purging of certain types of toxins, a weird purging like pesticide purging. Sometimes you can have candida toxin purging and other times it's other toxin purging. Sometimes it's just really bad gas or what have you. Now, I would say, you know, nine times out of 10, that is not going to occur. But in 10% of the cases, they might see that. But this is all good, right? We want to get rid of petrified mucus because the Toxins being trapped in a mucus layer to me would seem to be carcinogenic and definitely a cause for concern, and I would want to get it out. And you've heard that we have this buildup of mucus in our gut, and they, I've seen pictures online of people where they you can barely see through the whole of the passage of the, the large intestine because there's so much mucus buildup. I think that is almost a never occurrence. Just so you know, I don't think mucus could accumulate to such levels that it causes a quasi obstruction of the GI tract, but uh, maybe in a very rare case. So uh, do we need to get rid of mucus? Yeah, I think actually it's a good idea for everybody to do mucus cleanses who eat fried food and or ingest a lot of dairy, but I don't find that everyone with acne needs it. And so it's always a tough call to know if you need it or not. And if you really, if you have patients, the way to really know that in in the osmosis protocol is to start on skin perfection. Let's say you don't have any esthetician help. An esthetician can use a few other signs I'll tell you about here. But if you don't have esthetician help and you're trying to figure out when to take skin perfection, you just start it five pumps twice a day. If you weigh more than 160 pounds, it might be six or seven pumps twice a day. And you take that every day. You really can't miss more than two doses a week without impacting the results in a significant way. And you see if over two weeks, you start to see the decline of your acne. And if it doesn't, go away pretty significantly after a month, then you probably need a mucus cleanse. Now, the trick about mucus cleanses is some people need one, some people need two, and some people need three. They're 10-day cleanses, so that could be up to 30 days straight of a mucus cleanse. If you have a lot of blackheads and your skin feels really congested or you're an esthetician listening to this and your client's skin looks really congested and or if their acne is really severe and significantly cystic, you can pretty much make an assumption they're gonna need at least one mucus cleanse. You look for blackheads in the nose zone uh, and or in the cheek zone. So that's the esophagus, large and small intestine by skin mapping. And you'll see blackheads, you'll know they probably need at least one cleanse. People with really clean diets don't need it. And I found that people with really badly damaged guts don't need it because their mucus tends to pass through because their body, their their gut is so raw that it's constantly oozing serous fluid, we call it. And that oozing keeps the mucus at bay, essentially. So that's an unusual, more severe condition. So mucus cleansings aren't, as I said, for everybody, but it's really important to understand the map. So let's just kind of go through this quick map here, picture in your head, your face. If you can think of everything around your mouth, along your temples, your entire forehead, between your brows, along your nose, everything down to about an inch above your jawline and about an inch lateral to the middle of your chin. If you're going along your jawline, it's an inch away. You're, the middle of your chin is still a candida zone is what I'm trying to explain. And then you have like a, a goatee, uh, pattern of acne. So the inflammation around your lips and down into, and you can go to osmosisbeauty.com and you can see our skin map is posted there in one of the areas of information. And you can see the specific drawing of it, but essentially it looks like a goatee with a little center goatee in the middle of your chin, about an inch to each side of the center of your chin. All of that is candida, digestive acne, and then everything left of the chin and along the jawline, an inch above it and an inch below the jawline, that is a food preservative acne. So, and then everything below an inch below that jawline and down, including the entire front and back of the neck is pesticide acne. Now, pesticide acne also follows a little interesting trail up the side of the neck near the ear. So in front of the ear, I would say within an inch of the tragus going forward towards your cheek. Hopefully you can see all this and this doesn't show up on the map. So this is one where you had to kind of understand what I'm saying around the ear, everything around the ear is still pesticide, but right up to the ear is going to be digestive. And so the neck front and back. And then when you get to the shoulders, chest and back, That is chlorine-slash-bleach-based acne. I'm seeing a lot more of that these days because I think they've started increasing the number of meats and fish that are soaked in bleach in this ridiculous strategy that somebody approved somewhere in the ranks of the government. We should not be ingesting bleach. So I find when I go to a restaurant, and I have, especially farm-raised, but if I have any salmon that's not organic. It has bleach in it, or I shouldn't say any, but most of the time it appears to have it because I do break out on my chest after I go out and have chicken or fish. I tend to break out on my chest at like one or two spots, even though I'm on skin defense. So skin defense is our supplement. Also binds not just pesticides, but it also binds chlorine. I designed it to try to bind up all the toxins we get exposed to including heavy metals but heavy metals don't cause acne so the food preservatives that we're going to get into some more detail on and the chlorine on the chest and the pesticides all of those things are bound by skin defense so acne anywhere in besides the digestive zones is a skin defense problem now you can out tox the detoxing effect of skin defense, which is why it's always important to pay attention to where you are breaking out so you know what food sources to look for. I was sharing recently that I had this oatmeal raisin natural cookie that I'd fallen in love with. And, you know, you look at the label, I didn't see anything that was identifiable as a concern. I binge eat it on occasion, (laughs) I love them. And so I was eating a bunch of them. And then finally, I hit a point where I noticed I started getting jawline acne, what a lot of guys probably call ingrown hairs, by the way, which ingrown hairs don't exist. That is a toxin purge, just like acne. Ingrown hairs are basically an acne lesion that then has enough inflammation to it that the hair trying to get out of that follicle gets trapped, curls around. And so if you dig in there, you go, oh, look, I curled around hair. This was the cause of this swollen spot on my jawline. Nope. That was the result of toxicity being purged. So all those things we treat, same thing with folliculitis barbae, where they break out a bunch on their neck. That is mostly pesticide. But if it's high enough on the map, close to the jawline, then it's food preservative causing that problem. So immediately you want to go to the foods they're eating. You help teach them about how, what to avoid, what to clean up, what to remove. P-protein is a big one that comes up uh, right outside the chin, along the jawline as a cause of acne. Lithium is an estrogen toxin. So that's why it causes people to break out who are on lithium medication. And again, we can bind that up too and reduce that if they have to stay on lithium. But, you know, we're going to go back up for a second here and get to the digestive part of the acne. So when, you know, there are different ways to treat candida. Some people, for example, saw their acne get better when they stopped eating mucus-forming foods you hear that a lot. I mean, for a long time, dermatologists would not recognize the connection between food and acne because it made no sense from a bacterial point of view. If you thought acne was a bacterial infection, it just didn't make sense that it could cause because it doesn't for the record, it does not cause an infection. So that, you know, food is definitely a link. Tons of people learn that on their own. Tons of estheticians are learning that. So that's where we step in and we go, look, don't take antibiotics. It crushes your microbiome it can cause long-term leaky gut and all kinds of horrendous symptoms it can hurt your liver and you potentially cause melasma it's just bad bad news and we know this we know you should not be on antibiotics and yet we keep finding these people who've been on antibiotics for many months if not many years and, and you ask them okay you still have acne why are you still on antibiotics two years later and their answer is well I thought it would get worse if I stopped like, we, you know, at some point the physicians have to be held accountable for this and they have to say, you know what? I don't think this is working. It's not good to take antibiotics for two years. Like, uh, come on. Like, it's so crazy. And then, of course, there's Accutane. And the way Accutane works is nonsensical, right? They You know, they here they want to tell you that acne is a bacterial infection. Well the consumption of Accutane or ro does not stop bacteria from growing on your skin. It does not stop P. acne's bacteria. It does poison the body. It poisons many organs in the body. It damages the eyes permanently. It damages many organs permanently. It's like chemotherapy, Accutane. It's a horrible, horrible drug. And they don't ever say, oh, well, why does it work? Like everyone thinks when they take Accutane, it's because somehow it's treating their bacterial infections. No, what it's doing is it is shutting down the immune system so effectively that it's not reacting very much to the toxins you're being exposed to and that your skin is trying to remove. That's how Accutane works. It is, it's it's a barbaric system needs to stop and people don't realize how damaging it is. They think, well, if it's FDA approved, it must be fine. No, not. So important messages to be heard. So can a mask contribute to acne or make it worse? Yes. I mean, if you have some cystic acne, let's say on your chin or jawline and the mask is rubbing on it as you talk, it could feel like it's aggravating and, and certainly just manipulating it, maybe touching it more often or, or rubbing on it through the mask as you're moving your mask around or adjusting your mask, what have you. All those things could make swelling get a little bit worse. So I think there's an aggravation factor to masks that might make a red or irritated pimple look more irritated or feel more, or you maybe you're just more aware of it because This mask keeps touching it, but no, there is no bacterial problem. So there is no problem as it relates to your breath triggering bacterial infection or the mask causing some kind of occlusion of the skin. It doesn't do that. That's not how masks function on your face. There's no occlusiveness to them. They don't stop sebum output. They do none of that. So what's really happening is our diets are changing because of the restrictions of the pandemic and uh, we're eating more preserved food. Perhaps we've changed our dietary habits. And so since we can't get out to restaurants as much, we are eating some store-bought things maybe we didn't eat before. I'm trying to make sense of the people who say, I did not have acne at all until I had to start wearing a mask. And so I I believe these are the triggers. Or the the opposite is true. They have now eating a lot more fast food instead of eating what's in there they normally buy at the store, maybe for budgetary reasons, maybe for ease because they're tired, whatever. And so it is true that fast food will absolutely trigger mucus and that'll create candida acne. It has tons of food preservatives, so it will create food preservative acne. And I think fast food and frozen food are some of the two biggest contributors when it comes to acne formation in this day and age of the mask. Now, you just heard me say that bacne... Is mainly a bleach slash chlorine problem. Where do we see that? It's in our water supply. Almost every state in America has significant chlorine slash bleach. And I want to emphasize everyone thinks it's just chlorine. And isn't that what we already have in our bodies? So isn't it okay? No, no, no. We have chloride in our bodies. We don't have chlorine. And the chlorine that is in the water and the chlorine that's used as a Disinfectant in clothes, in reverse osmosis systems, they add chlorine back to the to the product in the mineral connection. So even if you're filtering your water, and by the way, it appears Berkey filters are a good chlorine filter, worthwhile investing in if you, especially if you live in states like Florida and Texas and and where they're dumping bleach into the wa- public water supply. But yeah, it's so chlorine is something we combined with skin defense pretty well. But you can out. Tox, the detox. Just remember that. Same thing with these food preservatives. You know, there's a certain amount of storage of food preservatives in your system and skin defense is always working on that. But the instant sort of, Hey, I just ate something highly preserved. That's going to cause a breakout, whether you're not on skin defense or not. So I'm always watching for in my diet, what did I have to eat to overwhelm? Cause I take three caps a day, most days of skin defense. What did I eat that overwhelmed my binding capacity? And it's It's kind of scary when you think about it, how many foods can actually do that. So that is the explanation for you on that. The trick here with acne is the more detoxed your skin is, the less cystic The acne response is going to be. So sometimes you see people, they have milia looking acne. So they have little tiny bumps on their cheeks and that is still candida toxins. It's just their skin is responding to the toxins differently. Sometimes acne looks like a rash. You might get a rash on your chest, for example, and go, Oh, what did I get on my chest? And it was actually just, you went to a public swimming pool or a hot tub at the local hotel and they used a ton of bleach and it absorbed into your skin and it's purging out your chest. Sometimes it's, like I said, pea protein. People don't even realize how and they have this horrendous acne and they go to all these lengths and all it was, was they were just using the wrong protein supplementation source and I haven't really seen any pea protein teen that doesn't cause acne. And again, it's not the pea protein; it's whatever they're using to preserve pea proteins. It appears is the the main cause. In other words, if I eat peas, I don't expect to get acne in the food preservative zone. I might still get it in the pesticide zone, depending on whether or not it's organic. And that's another reminder: you know, you want to choose organic foods so that you don't get exposed to pesticides, as much pesticide. They still do and can expose you to pesticides, unfortunately, based on the rules. But food preservatives as well, bleach as well. I think there's less bleach in organic food. I don't think you can actually soak organic chicken in bleach. Please, someone email me if, if they know that I'm wrong on that. <laughs> but yeah, you know, organic makes a big difference. Now, I've told you organic and skincare, not so much, but organic and food, really, really important. In fact, that's why to as part of the improvement in the separation of the masses between the haves and the have nots, we have got to stop forcing all the impoverished and lower and middle income folks into eating the worst of the worst foods because that's all they can afford. You know, the foods that are for sale at the most impoverished regions of America's grocery stores are the worst foods you could possibly buy. And they stock the shelves according to what, you know, they know people can afford. And I've seen those choices like in the back alleys of Missouri. At the Piggly, Piggly Wiggly, like it's it's a different selection than the selection I have up here in Evergreen, Colorado at the grocery store. And of course, they don't have the Whole Foods and, and couldn't afford the Whole Foods if they did. So it's a really, it's a ridiculous situation. America uh, needs to address the chemicals that we're putting into our foods and, and what we accept, knowing that so many of them are carcinogenic and so many more are disease promoting that needs to be addressed. Let's see if I forgot anything when it comes to acne. I do want to say that sometimes the pesticide acne can be that acne you see on the back of your neck that goes all the way into your scalp. So the mapping does go into the scalp. I wanted to say that. I wanted to explain to you why, you know, repeated acne. Acid or repeated toxic retinols on your face is not an effective way to treat acne. What it's actually doing, it's not killing the bug. If you realize now that it's not a bacterial infection, then you have to ask yourself, well, then why does acid help some people's acne? And it does seem to be helping less and less people. Um, but what's happening there is a suppression. what It's immunosuppression. In other words, actually, it's kind of similar to, let's say you sprain your ankle and stick your foot in an ice bath. The ice bath is actually immunosuppressing the inflammatory response of the ankle. It's slowing the delivery of you know whatever immune cells and components are needed to heal your ankle and thereby it is actually immunosuppression. So the same thing is true when you think, and that's a bad thing, by the way, you want your ankle to heal the way your body wants to heal it. You don't want to tell your body, hey, I know you're doing everything down there and there's probably a million different specific events occurring that you are running all by yourself body in repairing my ankle. But I think I know better on the swelling part. I think you overdid it on the swelling part. So I'm going to take Motrin or Tylenol and I'm going to soak my foot in ice. And because I know you, did all those million things you did are right, but that one thing, that swelling thing, is a clearly wrong. So therefore I'm going to, you know, make my own decision on that wrong. Trust the whole process. The entire process is intricately designed and there's no way you're going to outsmart your AI operating system. So the same thing is true with acne on the surface of your skin. You know, burning acne with acids makes no sense because the bacteria are the same bacteria your face has all the time. They're just responding to a toxin and trying to Disable it and digest it. Essentially, that's what acne is, is a disabling digestion and removal of a toxin. And why the skin is the source of detoxing? I mean, why we didn't build and design the system to purge these toxins out of your digestive tract? Well, it probably has something to do with how toxic it would be to your digestive tract, which we know is another area of importance, extreme importance. So, you know, again, we can't second guess this. This is just how it is. Your skin is a purging organ. It's detoxing all the time. You want to allow that to happen. Now, what osmosis does is we either accelerate the purging, and we do that by using rescue or epidermal repair serum to help oxidize these toxins so that they can be removed with more expediently, more efficiently, or we'll put a spot treatment of clarify coming out with a new spot treatment. I'm excited about, by the way, but we do a spot treatment of our clarify serum and that, and I'd say spot treatment because clarify will accelerate the removal of toxins from all of your skin. But if your skin is full of toxins, that might mean purging. And I think most people don't want that. So what we do is we do the removal of toxins more delicately the first month or two with rescue or epidermal repair serum with a spot treating of the areas where the detox has already started. In other words, once you start purging and you have an acne, lesion, or cyst, Clarify helps to speed up that removal process. And so the overall time that you have acne in that area is reduced. That's why we spot treat with Clarify. Topical antibiotics, they immunosuppress. So they're not actually treating a bug infection, right? They're just causing harm to the skin because antibiotics harm the microbiome of the skin and that causes immunosuppression. Not in everybody, but in whoever is seeing some improvement from antibiotics, that is why you're seeing that improvement. Internally, the same is true. When you poison your body with antibiotics, sometimes that'll help acne, sometimes it won't. I will say that one of the things I've learned, which is pretty amazing to me, is penicillin, which I believe is something produced by yeast cells. So that's where I'm confused. You know what it is, is penicillin is produced by yeast cells as a natural combatants because yeast and bacteria fight each other for dominance. So yeast cells produced penicillin in some form. I think that's how it was discovered. So I was surprised to find out that amoxicillin has an anti-candida effect. So you might stumble out and get lucky. And maybe you know someone who had this experience. Maybe they got a strep infection in their throat. The doctor put them on amoxicillin or they had an ear infection. And lo and behold, their acne got better. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, that's because, you know, acne treats bacterial infections. No, it's because amoxicillin, whatever they do to tweak. And the fact that there's an ox in it tells me they put some sort of a bleach molecule or some sort of an oxygen molecule, most likely on the penicillin. I was actually going to look that up, but haven't yet. And it kills candida. So it's, it's the only antibiotic I know that is an anti-candida m- treatment. And so anyway, you may stumble across that and do it. I don't prefer to use that method because it also kills a bunch of your healthy probiotics. So I'd rather people not take amoxicillin for their candida. That's why we have skin perfection and skin clarifier. So the skin perfection is the frequency elixir that shrinks candida and skin clarifier removes the mucus that holds candida on its surface. And between those two, we usually decongest the skin as well. So you don't have the blackheads anymore. And that's how it works. But you gotta own it on the diet. You gotta figure out which foods cause you to have acne. Don't blame your skin. One of the things I hate most about how acne is presented as an infection is everyone thinks that they're dirty or infected or like they, they get this negative view on themselves when really all their skin is doing is its job. It's doing its job. You can't cleanse away acne. Now, there's one other concept I'll present to you uh, since this is getting a little long here today, and that is this idea of detoxing slowly. So there are people who get a chemical peel and they come out of the chemical peel and they notice that their acne is much better for a period of time. Why does that occur? Well, what happens when you burn a bunch of your skin is the skin sloughs. And in that process of sloughing and rebuilding a new barrier, there's a whole purge that goes on. So the acid literally... The wounding of it causes a, this purging event and the purging event detoxes the skin temporarily. You might think of your skin as a toxin tank and it can hold a certain amount of toxins and get rid of them efficiently without you ever seeing acne. So there's always going to be some toxins in everyone's skin. Sometimes people will say, hey, I didn't have acne at all until I got on Dr. Johnson's blankety blank serum and all of a sudden I'm breaking out. Why is that? Well, what that tells me is you had a mild to moderate amount of toxins in the tank of the skin, the holding tank, if you will, and my skincare says, hey, immune system, step it up. When the immune system steps it up, it starts to purge out the stuff that's, that's interfering with its operations, and so you have a breakout. Now, what's interesting about that is if you have a mild amount of toxins in the tank, then you might only purge for a week or two, and then you're clear, and you're like, oh my God, Catalyst is amazing. It cleared up my, uh, my occasional acne. I don't even have occasional acne anymore. Well, that's because we are removing the toxins at a, an expedited clip and keeping your tank from ever building up. Now, other people can have a massive amount of toxins in the tank. And so every time they apply my strong serums, they start purging them and they it never stops. So we never get past the purge phase. But this explains why when, let's say, you tried that retinol product or that acid product, you notice, wow, that's starting to purge me. And again, if it's a mild amount of toxins, you have a small amount of candida, for example, in your gut. So you have a mild amount of toxins in you. Then they can, increasing the turnover of your skin skin can detox it fast enough where it keeps the acne away this is my explanation for you why some other strategies on acne seem to work and might you might think it was a bacterial thing when in reality it was just about toxins and, and removing toxins in an efficient manner so something to keep in mind the other thing people always ask is wait my sister and I are two years apart she never breaks out we eat the same foods at home. I break out all the time. What's the difference? Why am I breaking out to those toxins and she's not? And the answer is number one genetics so how how easily her body's designed to remove toxins and number two accumulation it has to do with what you were exposed to during your childhood and leading up to this phase of your existence and what they were exposed to and did their body remove it better did you get exposed to more nasties that have now accumulated to a point where every time you eat something it causes a breakout whereas every time they eat it it doesn't so that's the explanation Of course, that is the most logical of the acne explanations. It's certainly nothing can really explain the old model of acne as a bacterial infection model. So let me see if there's anything else I want to comment on here. So again, uh, the focus for you guys who are struggling out there with acne is to look at your diet, look at frozen foods as a strong source of preservatives, look at long shelf life foods as a strong source of preservatives, and you know where pesticides come from, basically fruit and vegetables that aren't organic. And that's where you're going to see most of that. When it comes to candida, the things you're going to want to be cautious of is birth control that has a dominant progesterone component will cause more candida to grow. Sometimes people who are estrogen toxic have an imbalance where progesterone is more dominant. And I know it sounds weird. Estrogen toxicity causes your estrogen to naturally drop your natural estrogen to drop. So that can cause a progesterone dominance, which can lead to more candida taking a round of antibiotics for a sniffles or cold or whatever you might've done recently can trigger uh, this candida overgrowth. And then of course, sugar and mucus forming foods. So you've got to keep in mind all of those things, but I promise you the mask is really not causing that acne. And you know, let's take control of our lives. Let's detox our skin. I've given you the regimens to do that. Thanks for listening today. Next week, I hope to have finished my assessment of the new vaccine and and how it accomplished a 95% reported success rate. I can tell you, I don't have a lot of confidence in that number, but I, and I think I have a pretty good explanation of, of how it got there and, and how this picture is going to play out. So hopefully we'll share that next week and uh, keep you informed. And again, thanks for listening, everybody. Talk to you soon. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Ask Dr. Ben. Please leave a review if you can. And subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts to get access to all of my upcoming episodes. My website is osmosisbeauty.com and you can find me on Facebook at Osmosis Beauty. You can also follow me on Instagram at osmosis underscore beauty. Thanks for listening.